0: Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. We talked last week about some different strategies to make learning stick. Halfway through writing the article, I realized that there was no way that I could cover all that I wanted to without it being extremely long. Hence, this week's episode is part two of how to make it stick, and let's start with self-determination theory. Self-determination theory tells us that motivation, in the workplace or elsewhere, requires us to fill three basic psychological needs. Autonomy, the feeling that you have control over your day, competence, the feeling that you are good at what you do, and relatedness, the feeling of connection to other people. And this is something that we cover in my psych class, but it also applies to our daily practice environment. So there are three questions that we need to ask ourselves if we want to set up an environment for learning, autonomy, and relationships. Do our players feel like they have some control over their days and that their actions matter? Do they have confidence in what they do? And do they feel connected to the other people in our organization? So now I'll go through with each of those questions and give some advice on how we can do this. For number one, we need to give up some control and give it to the players. Our players need to have control over their learning and career. Oftentimes, we as coaches think we know more about what the player needs than they do. And sometimes, we're right. However, they're the only ones in their lives who have seen every swing they've ever taken or every pitch they've ever thrown. Couple that with the fact that they can feel those things, it makes them their own best coach. It's our job as coaches to make ourselves irrelevant. We may never achieve this, but it should be the goal of any coach to help the player become self-sufficient. An easy way to do this is to give them choices. The power of choice is a very real motivational strategy and one that should be used as often as possible. We can easily do this with drill sets and instead of forcing a drill on a player, ask which they prefer more. For the confidence question, this equation is fairly simple. Do they have confidence in the task? Do they feel that they can excel? We can be so much more critical than we think in practice. Most experts believe to have a healthy balance of criticism in practice, that it should be three to one respectfully. Meaning for every one time that we criticize, we need to back that up with three positive affirmations when we see what the player is doing right. This is something that I think we all can work on because we wanna help them fix the problem that we see, but we also need to praise them whenever they do it right. What gets praised gets repeated. Also, Have you ever had a player that was irrationally confident in his abilities? We all have. And they play well above their talent level because of it. When we're discussing an environment, positivity can be one of the biggest influences on effectiveness, or in our case, performance. Let me include a quote that will help drive this point home. When organizations institute positive, virtuous practices, they achieve significantly higher levels of organizational effectiveness, including financial performance, customer satisfaction, and productivity. The final piece I've talked about quite a bit. Do they feel connected? Do you have a relationship with the player? Do they have relationships with other players? Do they feel cared for? The first step we need to take in anything that we do is to make sure that our players trust us and feel safe. I spoke about this in Article 1, and I've included a picture in the article about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Here's another quote that will help drive this point home. Alden Mills, the author of Unstoppable Teams, said this, Caring is the cornerstone for building trust and persistence in any group. When people feel cared for and when they care about the tasks and the goal at hand, they're willing to step beyond their perceived limits and dare to do something greater than they originally thought possible. I'm sure by now you've heard enough about the psychological side, but the truth is that we can't separate the two. So let's get into some practical aspects of practice. We talk about learning styles quite a bit in education, and they include visual, seeing, auditory, hearing, and kinesthetic, doing. So I decided to conduct a test on Twitter to see what the most popular learning style is. I had an idea in mind, but I wanted to make sure it checked out. We also need to take into account that my account is followed mostly by coaches and players. Here are the results. 59% said that they were visual learners, 37% said that they were kinesthetic learners, and only 4% said that they were auditory learners, and they learn only by hearing. So what does the more formal research say? Research suggests that we remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, and 70% of what we discuss. Understand that one of the reasons that we are so knowledgeable in our subject is because we are the ones teaching it. Just think about what would happen if we flipped that model. It's our job to set up situations and practice that closely mimic what they will see in a game. We want to expose them to experiences in which they can learn and work through on their own and then we can discuss what happened and why. If we are wanting them to think on their own in games, then we need to do it in practice. So here are a few ways to do this. Number one, delayed feedback. Research shows that delayed feedback helps with their learning process over time. This can be accomplished in a few different ways. One would be letting them fail and come to you because by that time they are open to feedback and willing to be coached. And this is also something that Dr. Greg Rose spoke on during his on-Base U clinic that I attended in June. So I started doing some research behind it because it's so intriguing. When do we as coaches usually give feedback? when it's negative or when they're doing something that we don't want them to do. So we are not only potentially reinforcing the bad habit by having them take time to think about it, research also shows that it goes completely against what the player wants. Another fantastic way to make things stick is using emotion. The last thing I wanna talk about in regards to making learning stick is emotion. When we connect emotion to any task, we have a deeper understanding and connection to whatever we're learning. Think back to some of your earliest memories. They usually involve some sort of emotion, whether that is disappointment, sadness, or excitement. Studies show that emotional states become tied to memories, and when we are subconsciously trying to make a decision, we're more likely to draw upon the emotion that made us feel good in the moment in time, such as a successful outcome. Emotion has a substantial influence on the cognitive process in humans, including perception, attention, learning, memory, reasoning, and problem solving. So how do we add emotion in practice? I think the easiest way would be to have something on the line as often as we can. Attaching a competition will accomplish this task, whether that be self-competition, let's say a personal record, or competition with others. Think about it like this. Have you ever watched a run and gun day at Driveline? There's a reason cultures like that are so special. You have like-minded players who motivate each other through actions and emotions. We love competing and it's fun. And if we can heighten all of the previous listed skills by simply adding emotion to a task, wouldn't it be worth it? If you're listening to this, you love the game of baseball. You've given blood, sweat, and tears to continually get better and grow the game. And for that, I thank you. We will have players who haven't invested much, and most will not even be close to as invested as we are. So what's the best thing that we can do on a daily basis? Love them where they're at, hold them accountable for being their best self, set up a safe environment, have as many game-like situations in practice as we can, and help them to enjoy and look forward to practice every day. If we can do this, the rest will take care of itself. Have a great week. Thank you for listening.